0: And hello, good afternoon, and welcome another stellar edition of the Drive. A little late getting on with you here this afternoon. You gotta love the uh, miracles of modern technology. It's good. They said it'll work. They said always. It said it'll be better. They said anyway. Russell Smith, better late than never, with you this afternoon as we broadcast live from National Law Rex in Farragut, and. Man, it's good to be with you here this afternoon as we get ready for a huge sports weekend. You've got big basketball game going on up at Rupp tomorrow. You've got Tennessee baseball opening the season tonight in Arizona. And Man, it is just a great time to be talking sports with you here on Fan Run Radio. Let's get the festivities started this afternoon as we go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines and somebody who's making their fan run debut this afternoon. Really looking forward to this. Ryan Shumpert covers Tennessee athletics for Rocky Top Insider. He is uh, over there with our guy Rick, doing great work covering the Vols, and we're pleased to have him on the show with us this afternoon. Ryan, hello. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. Doing well. Watching uh, a little bit of golf out on the West Coast this afternoon, and uh, glad you guys have me on.
0: Yeah, man, thanks for jumping on with us. How's my guy Tiger doing? I know he had a big charge down the back nine yesterday.
1: Yeah, I think he was the uh, last I saw. I think he had one hole left, and he was two over today, right, even. So I think he's going to make the cut, but uh, not looking too good to make any, any real noise on the weekend.
0: Well, not bad for an old man with one leg out there. Never bet against the big cat, Ryan. He'll be ready come Augusta.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: I mean, it, the, the excitement is, is just always incredible anytime he's out there, and uh, I was honestly a little surprised he was playing this week, and I figured at this point with all the injuries he's had, he's, he'll try to play four times a year for his majors and nothing else, so I'm just excited we get we get to watch him here in February.
0: Yep, no doubt. Ryan, uh, would love to get your thoughts on a variety of Tennessee athletics-related topics. Let's start with baseball. How about that? I mean, it's how, what does it say? about what Tony Vitello has accomplished here in making Tennessee a big-time baseball school that Tennessee's getting set to play uh, play Kentucky and Rupp tomorrow. They're in the top ten, and yet I sense from the discerning Tennessee fan anyway just as much excitement about baseball as there is basketball right now. That's really incredible.
1: It is. It's unbelievable. I mean, I guess at this point, Uh, It's not surprising or unexpected because the interest has been there for a few years, but man, I go back to when I I first started covering them in the 2019 season, which was Vitello's second year. Very little interest Uh, after Dave Serrano failed. I I never thought anybody uh, would be able to have any serious success as the Tennessee baseball coach, and what Vitello has done is incredible. Obviously, great teams the last two years. They were going to be really, really good that 2020 season that got canceled, and uh, number two nationally, number two in the SEC, heading into this season, a lot of high expectations, and for really good reason. There's a lot of new position players, but when you have the starting rotation that Tennessee has back, you're going to win a lot of games, and it should make for a really fun spring over at Lindsey Nelson Stadium.
0: Those of us who got in on the ground floor with Tony, and you said you started covering it in year two, and I think uh, we we started. That's when we started having him on often. It was in year two before before it blew up. Do you, do you think that uh, Vitello, Ryan, will remember his roots, remember those of us who were with him in the beginning, or do you think he's going to get a little bit too big for his britches and start uh, turning uh, his back on those of us who helped make him what he is today?
1: Well, I, I haven't seen him turn uh, turn the other cheek or anything on those of us that have been covering it for a while. So I know I appreciate that. He seems to be appreciative to those who have covered the program even before it really got going and obviously uh, that's we were over there this week talking to him before the team left for Arizona and it's just it's like wow looking at all the media that's there it's uh, obviously wouldn't want it any other way with the excitement and the fun but in a lot of ways I, I miss it when it was you're over there for the season and you and four other people and you get to ask whatever you want and you have to worry about fighting other people for questions so a lot of excitement for good reason and uh, I certainly haven't seen uh Tony get too big for his britches or anything like that
0: <laughs> I kid, of course, I can take these little shots, Ryan, when when they're out of town. It's something I've learned through the years. Hopefully (laughs) they're not listening on on the, hopefully they've got something better to do than listen to our nonsense on a Friday afternoon, five hours before the first game of the season. But we visit this afternoon with Ryan Shepard of RTI and Tennessee get set to get rolling here. The first game of the season. What a journey. Ryan, I put a little poll in the field before we took to the air this afternoon and just wanted to get the temperature of the fan base. And as far as expectations this year, I mean, when you start out ranked number two and you had the kind of season Tennessee had last year and you've got the kind of talent coming back that they do, expectations are naturally going to be through the roof. And I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what Tennessee fans are expecting from this year's group and um, well it's it's a lot right now 61 percent of uh, respondents in my informal twitter poll say they expect this team to be in omaha 28 percent expect them to win the national championship this year ryan uh, are those lofty expectations fair for this squad or any squad for that matter
1: i don't think maybe the national championship part of it's fair just because it's so unpredictable but to get to omaha i think that's absolutely fair and i would even say it's fair to to think the expectation was to win at least a game in omaha and do what they weren't able to do in 2021 when they got there and you look at the talent that this team has you look at how they came up short really just let that game get away in the 8th inning uh, last year in game 3 of the super regional against notre dame and i think anyone on that team anyone on that coaching staff would tell you it would be a disappointment if they don't get past that mark and, and get to college world series now that doesn't mean it's impossible or it would be some coaching malpractice or, or, or massive failures it's an unpredictable sport but that's no doubt the goal and i think after a year where tennessee shattered so many records in the regular season won the won the sec regular season for the first time in two decades won the sec tournament for the first time ever in its current format and the way it's played in hoover alabama i think there's over the whole season, not that people aren't going to be enjoying the regular season. They're not going to be along for the ride. I think there's going to be a kind of a hesitation of let's go do it in in the tournament. Let's go do it in a regional, in a super regional, and get to Omaha. And certainly, I think uh, it's not a foregone conclusion that this team can will get there, but it's definitely a team that has all the pieces that, that it takes to get to Omaha. Well,
0: if they If they fall short again this year, Ryan, we can start with the Rick Barnes-like unreasonable expectations and put a little pressure on, on Tony and start talking about how he's underachieving out there. And
1: ben McKee and I joke about it all the time when we're talking about Barnes. That if Tony hasn't won a game, and I even make it back to him, he hasn't won, won a game and had some success there in the next two years. That, that you're right. People are going to be, be coming for him and calling him an underachiever and, and all that stuff. That it's fans being fans. I don't want to kill him for it. Uh, I understand that nature, but at the same time, it's uh, a little bit Over the top uh, a little bit, I don't don't know if I want to say unrealistic, but seemingly kind of a a lack of understanding of how difficult it is to sustain consistent success in in postseason play in, in two sports where 68 teams make the field and it's really unpredictable.
0: That's a good way of putting it. Ryan Shumpert of RTI, a pretty level-headed guest so far. I guess I figured all that time he spent with Rick Butler might uh, (laughs) have an adverse effect, but uh, so far he's doing pretty well on his fan-run debut, I must say. Ryan, this LSU team that's number one ahead of Tennessee, you know, I mean, I'm uh, a little bit more than a casual baseball fan, certainly not an expert, but, uh, you know, Jay Johnson his second year down there, I know they brought in uh, all the big transfers and Tommy Tanks and the the kid from Air Force and all that stuff. But uh, man, it seems like we talk about Tennessee's expectations maybe being too high. That seems like that is borderline overhyped for that LSU squad. Your thoughts?
1: I'm not surprised to see them be number one in a lot of polls. I'm a little surprised to see the overwhelming consensus that they're number one and they're the best team in the country. And I think you're right, a lot of it has come with what they did in the transfer portal and adding Christian Little, another guy, a talented pitcher from Vanderbilt, and uh, quantity and quality they added in the portal. And they played well the second half of last season before kind of flaming out and losing in that Hattiesburg regional. But I'm kind of with you, and I guess someone has to be number one. And, but college baseball, I feel like as much as any other sport, if not more than any other sport, you can toss out the preseason rankings. I mean, you got to go back to last year, what Tennessee was – around 20th in the preseason they were picked fourth in the SEC East which even at the time I I didn't foresee Tennessee doing all that they did last season but that was pretty ridiculous at the time and I think certainly some group think uh, I think is how I would word it Uh, with the the national perspective of LSU they have a really talented team they have a really good team Uh, just a a loaded lineup back and when you add some of the guys uh, with Tommy Tanks and schemes from Air Force but uh, I still have some pitching questions about them. I know one of the projected weekend guys is out for the year with an injury, and, and in a lot of ways it's kind of the reverse of Tennessee, where Tennessee, you know they're loaded on the mound, you know what they have in the weekend rotation, and there's a lot of question marks in the in the field and, and what the batting line is going to be. It's kind of the reverse for LSU. So uh, I'm not surprised to see them in the top three. I'm not surprised to see a lot of people have number one. Uh, the consensus number one is a little surprising, but that's kind of the nature, nature of it. It's hard to – it's hard to – have a definitive number one in a sport which a lot of college sports are becoming like this but particularly basketball and baseball where rosters are so so new every single season
0: if my calculations are correct uh there will be uh, six weeks from uh yesterday as a matter of fact that series will start on thursday tennessee and lsu at alex box stadium in baton rouge and that may very well be the series of the year In college baseball at Thursday night start means uh, that'll that game will be on SEC network. Of course, all these games are streaming, which is such a huge reason for the sports growth here the past couple of years. And we're already looking forward to it. Ryan Shumpert, RTI with us this afternoon. Switching gears here a little bit, Ryan. Let's look at this basketball game tomorrow. Tennessee at Kentucky in Rupp Arena We all know what happened last time these two teams met in Knoxville a couple of weeks ago. What are the keys tomorrow for Rick Barnes' crew to make sure that Kentucky does not sweep the regular season with Tennessee for the first time in the Barnes era? Well,
1: I'll give you a a few things. The first one is rebounding, and that's somewhere Tennessee's been good all season, and they were horrific in the game against Kentucky at Thompson Bowling Arena last month. Just got absolutely dominated on the glass. Obviously, Oscar Shebae probably the best rebounder in the sec if not the country but it was inexcusable uh to get dominated on the glass the way they did and i'm i'm positive even though we didn't have open practice today we weren't able to watch a practice before they they hit the road north on i-75 but i know that's something rick barnes and his staff are going to be making a huge emphasis on and to me that's perhaps the most important thing i'll say in uh, number two you go back kentucky's game plan to run Tennessee off the three-point line. And that's what a lot of teams' game plans against Tennessee. I think Kentucky took a little bit more dramatic effect. And the teams, to me, that can give Tennessee a lot of problems are teams that can do that and have really good rim protectors. Well, Kentucky doesn't have really good rim protectors. Oscar Shibwe is not a good shot blocker. He's been really taken advantage of in the pick-and-roll and roll in Kentucky playing that drop coverage most of the season. But you go back and you remember about that game, the Kai Ziegler misses three or four wide-open layups. Josiah Jordan-James misses some shots at the basket. Tennessee has to be able to score at the basket. And obviously, you look to those big men to do it, but those guys are inconsistent all the time. I think I would turn my emphasis more on Zekai Ziegler getting to the basket and finishing well. I think that uh, would allow Tennessee to score the type of points they need to if they can't get things going for, for, from the three-point line. And I'll go number three. Tennessee's going to have to adjust and adapt to the officiating. We know how physical they want to play, especially on the perimeter, especially coming off screens. They want to hold. They want to grab. Most of the time, they can get away with that. Uh, Really, you look at it, the only game I can think of at Thompson Bowling Arena this year where that was kind of an emphasis that those were called fouls was the Kentucky game. Tennessee, if that's the way this game's going to be called, which I expect it will be at Rupp Arena, I don't expect Tennessee to be able to get away with a lot of that stuff. Tennessee's got to adjust. Tennessee's got to adapt early. and I think there's an even particular emphasis on it with Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips potentially being out again, uh, where Tennessee just going to only go eight deep most likely maybe we see a little bj edwards run uh but less depth than they usually have they're going to have a little less room for error uh on being in foul trouble and i think tennessee needs to adjust early to the officiating if that is in fact the way the game's called
0: oh the referees are going to be ready to roll tomorrow i mean there there's no doubt about that if, if you're tennessee and you're going there expecting anything remotely approaching a fair whistle then you're already beaten you you gotta know it's five on eight anytime you go up there it doesn't mean you can't win Tennessee's done it before and as I said on Twitter last night Ryan I think that makes it sweeter when Tennessee does go in there and get the win which they've shown an ability to do three of the three of the last five games in Rup, Tennessee has won so it can be done
1: it can be and Rick Barnes has never lost twice to Kentucky in the same season since he's been here and I think I guess one or two of those wins, I guess two of those wins in 2020, uh, or I guess just in 2020, you know, avoided that. 2018, they had the sweep there. They'd already won in TBA early in the season. So certainly uh, they're capable of doing that, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. You you can't expect a fair whistle. Uh, you can't expect to play defense the way you played against Alabama, the way you played uh, against Auburn some of these last couple of games. And like I said, when, if you don't have Josiah Jordan-James, you don't have Julian Phillips, uh, that's an extra emphasis because – you don't have the depth, which has really been the strength, one of the strengths of this team this year and allows them to play so aggressive defensively if they do get in foul trouble. You're not going to have that. So you better come in ready to to adapt and change early, and uh, certainly we'll, we'll see whether Tennessee does that.
0: Well, Ryan, we really appreciate your time this afternoon, my friend. Excellent debut appearance by you. We'll definitely be having you, you back if, if you'll have us. And uh, we really appreciate it, man. Tell the folks uh, a little bit about yourself, where they can follow your work on Twitter and everything you guys have going on over at RockyTopInsider.com.
1: Yeah, so I graduated from Tennessee back last spring and have been with RTI, I guess, going on around 18 months now. Started in July of 2021, uh, that would be. And so, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rshump00. That's rschump 0 All our stuff, uh, me, Rick, butler and jack foster who's out in arizona uh holding things down for us at the desert invitational uh covering the tennessee baseball team so find all three of our stuff at rocky top insider on socials and obviously rocky top com. and appreciate you guys having me on and, and you mentioned it down at alex box stadium uh my my dream my hope thursday night go down the baton rouge cover game one of that series and then make my way down to houston for uh, of all final four that weekend that's that's Ooh. the hope and the dream uh is probably a little ambitious, uh, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: Ah, oh, man, I love the drive from Houston to Baton Rouge, where you're driving over that causeway over the swamps and the bayutes. Absolutely beautiful. I hope you get to make that too, Ryan. And uh, that's good stuff, my friend. Appreciate you jumping on air And how about RTI sending a guy out to Arizona to Rocky Top Insider, bringing it, man.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very exciting stuff on the site. Great time to be following it, and uh, a lot of great coverage. Obviously, Rick and I have started about the same time, and, and now Jack's been on board the last month and a half, and he's been killing it, and I'm excited to have him along with me during baseball season.
0: Hey, we'll, well, check out their coverage this weekend. You Tennessee baseball nuts out there, rockytopinsider.com. Ryan, have a great weekend, my friend. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, sounds great. appreciate you guys having me on. Ryan Shumpert. Rocky Top Insider, making his drive debut. And uh, I feel like we might have a new favorite RTI guest on the show. That was outstanding, Bear.
2: I've been telling you, he's my guy. That's my guy, Ryan Shumpert, over at RTI. I've been telling you for a while now, this kid's a rising star. We need to get him on. He knows his stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm done with that butler clown. He's out. No. He's out. Ryan's our guy You know who he sounded like It struck me During the middle of that conversation Who's that? Sounds like another Ryan That we have on the show From time to time Callahan? Yeah Very similar voices Very similar deliveries I thought
2: They both He knows his stuff You know And they they speak with uh, Authority Yeah Just a lot of authority About stuff So a lot of great stuff too Good lord That thing at the end Could you imagine Opening night LSU, and then making that drive to see our Tennessee Vols in the Final Four?
0: So that Saturday game is at 2 p.m. So imagine Tony V and the boys breaking out the broomsticks in Baton Rouge. That game wraps up at about 5, and then a couple of hours later, you've got Rick Barnes and the boys taken to the court in Houston, their first ever Final Four in UT basketball history.
2: Would uh Tony Vegas Vitello make the drive over to Houston?
0: Ooh, you know he would. Yeah. You know he would. It'd be imagine with The Vitello. The,
2: uh, he'd that's, be driving the team pretty, bus.
0: That's a pretty long drive as I remember. I I can't remember exactly how Oh they'd it's, fly. It's
2: a good, uh, they'd do what? Fly. Yeah, maybe over.
0: Get the, yeah, that's a good point, man. I am sure, fly sure him one over. of the I'm sure one of the big wig donors would have their jet waiting at the yeah baton rouge airport to get tony v and the crew i mean they can't take the entire team but I you think know they
2: they they could hand pick his,
0: his posse <laughs>
2: yeah It'd be, with frank the tank uh, i would take blur burke maybe that's something we, who, who would you take off our team i'm taking burke but yeah roll in I, there I for know. a final four game that would be incredible
0: Good stuff with Ryan Shumpert. We got to take a quick timeout. We're live this afternoon at National Law Rec. Sorry about that. A little late getting on this afternoon. The uh, technology was not cooperating. It does that sometimes. We we'd had a pretty good streak. I feel like of no technological debacles, but uh, all good things must come to an end. Uh, Hopefully, we start a new streak today. So I had uh, some some notes and stuff for the opening. We'll do that when we continue next right here on Fan Run Radio live today at National. Rx Farragut's Neighborhood Community Pharmacy. We're back with more right after this. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio, coming to you live this afternoon from National Rx in Farragut. Russell Smith, your fearless leader, taking your phone calls today at 865-546-8200, your number to get on board the Big Orange Phillies phone lines this afternoon. And, uh, I had a chance to slam a a piece of, Jets pizza here during the break. We can tell. Got the Supreme. How can you tell? Can't tell. You got cheesy pizza got voice. What? Cheesy pizza voice. Yeah,
2: it sounds like you're a little bit froggy. Maybe take take a sip of ice cold. Were you drinking caffeine free diet coke today? Dr Pepper Zero. Dr Pepper Zero. Out of the cold storage unit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, very cold. Great, like great the- beverage storage unit here at National Law Rex. One of their many, many benefits yeah. that they get. You, get. you get a really cold soda here, which I love. Love the Jets pizza as well, folks. If you're looking for something to feed the kids tonight, Farragut 11-124 Kingston Pike. Get it delivered. 865-675-0505. I was in there earlier today. They got a new floor put down.
2: Really? In What's there. it look like? I'm gonna have to pop in there.
0: Well, it, it's nice. It's it's white, and I, I was kidding them. I was like, "That's gonna be hard to clean."
2: You're not that guy, are you? Did you? I mean,
0: I, I know about it, man. Because we when we bought our house a couple of years ago, it's got like it's not white carpet, but it's it's like really it's light very gray,
2: very light. Yeah, uh, yeah. And
0: when I first walked in there, I was like, "Man, this is great!" Like brand new Beautiful. carpet. I'm not a hardwood floor guy. I know that puts me in the minority. I like a warm floor to walk on. Don't like cold floors when I'm barefoot. Yeah. And so I was really excited about it. But that lasted for like two months. When, when you've got two kids and they, they're like tracking stuff in, and now it's just like uh, my, my carpet is polka dot. Yeah. And like brown spots everywhere.
2: Yeah. And then you can see the track. It's like looking at your backyard where you, you know your dog runs in the same spot every time, kids do the same thing.
0: It's okay, man. Uh, little man's eight, so maybe 10 more years. we we'll get some new carpet at Stately Smith Manor. Uh, you know, I'll be uh, mid-50s by then, so I'll be slowing down a little bit physically. Probably won't be as quite as active outdoors, meaning I won't be bring, bringing in as much. And then we can have some nice uh, new carpet in there.
2: Yeah, and you can, you know, at that Yankee point, you, you'll reach the age where you can get away with telling people that they have to take off their shoes at your front door. <laughs>
0: take off your shoes. Yeah. Take off your shoes before you come in here there. People don't, don't wear shoes. Take your shoes, shoes off. So. All right. Uh, so, Shumpert brought it. Outstanding. It was worth the wait. Getting on with uh, Ryan Shumpert as we break things down this afternoon. Rick Barnes, 10-8 and eight against Kentucky during his time here at Tennessee. Uh, we thought he was really going to get out ahead of Cal a couple times ago. He's, he's still got a little breathing room, a little cushion there, but Tennessee has not been swept by Kentucky in the Rick Barnes era. This of all years, I mean, if if that happens, and it could happen, man, like it's going to be a hard game tomorrow. I fully anticipate another rock fight. I anticipate a officiating screw job, and, Everything that comes with any trip up there to Lexington, but I mean, bear on a year when Tennessee's got legitimate Final Four aspirations and Kentucky's fighting just to be in this thing. I saw Lunardi has him among their last four in. Yeah,
2: today their resume uh, is 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 paper thin right now. It,
0: it it can't be this year of all years that Kentucky gets the sweep against Barnes.
2: I mean, you see that in the league, different rivalries. You see that. I mean. The only thing comparable would be I don't think we're as good as they were back then but those years where Florida absolutely destroyed everybody on the schedule but got swept by us happened but twice, didn't it? We were good
0: it? those two years. We we were a 2 seed the first year.
2: I mean Kentucky's
0: they they're okay. They're they're I don't want to make them out to be like just a terrible team. They're not. They they've got they're
2: they've not got Kentucky.
0: A, they've got a lottery pick. And a Naismith Player of the Year award. They're they're a good team. Yeah. So it's going to be difficult. They won seven of their last nine. I mean, how how are we feeling about this thing? I have no feel for this game as far as what to expect tomorrow.
2: It, it, it the two X factors, or the biggest X factor, will be how it's officiated. If they call it even, you know, like it, it, as long as they call it even on both sides and they let them play. Even on both sides. It's not going to be that, but I mean, I wish that the crew that called the game uh, Wednesday night against Alabama was calling this game, and not because I felt like they gave us an advantage, but they let them play, and I would love to see this Tennessee team and and this Kentucky team be allowed to play. Uh, I'm not saying don't call fouls, but don't get ticky-tack with it. Just let them play basketball.
0: Josiah Jordan-James and Julian Phillips listed as game-time decisions again by Tennessee. So that'll be interesting to see if if Tennessee has those two. And and if they do, how do they divvy up the minutes? Do you let those guys play big minutes coming off injuries? Or do you stick with the eight that just gave you a win over number one on Wednesday night? Uh Big decisions for Rick Barnes tomorrow if those guys are able to go. I thought Shumpert made some some great points as far as the rebounding. Tennessee got dominated on the boards first time around. I can't imagine the physicality and the practices the past two days for Rick Barnes as they get ready for that, knowing what happened last time. I would imagine box outs were a huge point of emphasis the past 48 hours or so for Tennessee.
2: Yeah, it'll be... Really interesting, you know, as far as bringing the other two guys in, man. I, I want to see May on green tomorrow. Like, I want to see a lot of Jemai. on green. Yeah. Nick Green?
0: I miss his
2: name. The kid who scored 18 about, on us. Talking about Cason um, uh, Wallace? No, not Cason Wallace. Not Cason Reeves? Reeves okay sorry
0: going crazy there for a second sorry Um, yeah i mean i I think you will see mayshack's earned the right to play Uh, how much he plays i don't know but uh we'll we'll see it depends on the availability of 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 phillips and josiah i would say as far as how many minutes he's going to get out there tomorrow night i think you know maybe this is way oversimplifying it but i just you got to make some shots man you got to make some shots um Alabama was top 10 Ken Pom defensive team. I want to say Kentucky is, they're like in the 90s or something, Kim Pom. This is not a good Kentucky defensive team. They're a pretty good offensive team now. They'll, they'll score some points, and Tennessee's going to have to bring that defense with them. They say defense travels. We'll see if that holds true tomorrow. But just going to have to make some shots, man. You're going to have to see it go in. If if they run you off the three-point line again, which I'm sure they're going to try and do, don't fall into the the mid-range trap man that's don't play right into their hands i know we're going to see more mid-range shots than you typically see in college basketball these days but you gotta limit it man we can't shoot 20 of those things it's it's got to be 10 or so you know and we've got to find a way to free up some three-point shooters tomorrow night and, and and hit some of those shots as well Stay with us, hour number two of The Drive. Marcus will have your top four at four back in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios when we continue. We're live this afternoon at National Law Rex to tell you more about the men's health products they've got going on here when we continue with hour number two coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio.